Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about athlete brain. For some people, they're like, this is why I really like resonate with what you talk about. And other people come around to it a little bit later. You know, something that I believe fully as a coach, as an athlete, um, and someone who has just been in the game a long time is that our psychology absolutely influences our long-term athletic performance. It influences pregnancy and postpartum in obvious ways and less obvious ways. So talking about athlete brain, especially when I'm working with pregnant and postpartum athletes and when I preach a lifetime of athleticism, we have to acknowledge the variables that influence our participation and influence our performance and influence our overall experience of being an athlete throughout our lifetime, not just during these seasons or not just what maybe was traditionally thought of as being a high school athlete or a college athlete, but what that relationship evolves into when those more obvious seasons of life of being an athlete come to an end and you're navigating the the now what? What does my life look like as a 22-year-old athlete, as a 25-year-old athlete, as a 30-year-old athlete who is now pregnant or you know, a perimenopausal athlete? My body is changing. A menopausal athlete, my body is absolutely changing. Um, there's just so many different elements to navigating what your relationship is with your expectations around your body, around your training, around your abilities, around your aesthetics. Um, and so much of that is linked back to athlete brain. You know, we have been people that have athlete brain are typically really overachieving, routine driven. They are wired differently. You know, we got like that Mamba mentality, Kobe Bryant, like people that are just used to working hard and getting a result from that hard work. They can push through the voice that, um, tells them to stop, tells them to quit. Like they know how to push. And anyone who is an athlete, they know exactly what kind of mindset I'm talking about and how it also affects other aspects of life. They become overachieving and what I like to call high-performance humans in a variety of categories of life. This isn't just like your physically talented person who grows up and like has a successful high school or college career and ends. It is the person that's just been in the game for a long time. It's your five-year-old dancer who grows up. It's your 10-year-old soccer player. It's the high school baseball player. It is all of these little girls and boys that grow up playing sports and staying in it. And then maybe college or maybe finding exercise and training and, and having 
this mindset of wanting to continually improve themselves, improve their experience, improve their life, got to be better, faster, stronger, um, whatever it might be. They're just overachieving in, again, we can superficially talk about like the fitness aspect of it, but they're likely pretty overachieving in in uh, their lifestyle, their work, their families, and honestly, every every single thing. For me, it's something that I've been you know, wired that way. I think just from the get-go, there's a few factors that probably influence it for me. We, we can laugh about like the oldest daughter syndrome, but that's totally it for me. Single mom, oldest daughter, Enneagram 8. Like there's just so many elements that I think that lead to me having athlete brain and something that I think we have to really acknowledge when we're working with these high achieving humans is that their athlete brain is what makes them great. It is also what makes them break. And that's why we see so many different stories of Olympians that really struggle, that have depression, that are suicidal, that um, experience so much hurt and heartache that are lost when their careers come to an end, whether it's their high school career, their college career, their Olympic career, there's a huge identity shift. There's an identity loss um, because they don't know how to channel that energy and that brain into the next thing. And that can be really, really hard. And so maybe they find something, maybe they start running half marathons, maybe they find CrossFit, maybe, maybe there's somebody who never actually grew up competing and they find something like CrossFit. We see it a lot in this community where they find CrossFit and they're like Kool-Aid all in, right? We see it in Jiu-Jitsu too, for sure. Another Kool-Aid sport where it's like, they don't have a lot of athletic history. They find something that is just very easy to go all in on. And they don't know how to leverage that mindset. A lot of athletes do know how to leverage it, but the voice in their head is still very loud. I could go to another class. I could probably lift a little bit heavier. I could run a little bit further. I should run a little bit faster, whatever it might be. There's just a constant chatter and talk in our mind and our expectations and self-imposed pressure. And maybe sometimes there's pressure from, um, from the training environment that you're in that of course applies to, but where we're talking about seasons of transition seasons of different in our lifetime of athleticism. So we can talk about pregnancy to begin with. That's oftentimes the first time an athlete has to reassess their approach to their training. They have to shift from training from performance goals and more, better, faster, harder, and maybe from aesthetic goals of like, well, I got to get leaner. I got to put on muscle. I got to do this. I got to do that. I want to be this weight to now we're training for variables that aren't attached to aesthetics and are not attached to performance. And that can be a really hard shift to make. Yes, we, we enjoy training. But also we enjoy like the result, that dopamine hit of what we're getting out of that training beyond just the in the moment dopamine hit. It's really easy for athlete brain people to want to work towards something. They have a competition, they have a race, they have a meet, they have these things, or honestly, they're just, they're trying to continually make progress and, you know, they're in it, they're in it every day. Maybe there's not this deadline, so to speak, but they're, they're just used to training and training for continual improvement. Um, and pregnancy is likely oftentimes the first time that an athlete will get sidelined where it's not about their performance. It's not about their aesthetics. It's training for enjoyment. It's training for 
honestly, I like to say that pregnancy training should reflect, um, like should support what postpartum recovery, what you want your postpartum recovery and experience to be like, like that's the main reason we need to adjust our training approach during pregnancy. It's not to maintain, it's to just be really be proactive in our exercise choices so that we're setting ourselves up for as much success, at least in the ways we can control on the other side in postpartum. And in my opinion, exercise is something that we can control during a season where there's a lot of things that are not in our control. Again, Enneagram 8, I I really understand the desire to want to control all the different things, all the different variables, and to think that I have a say. Um, But we just, we just don't always during these certain, certain seasons of life. And you do feel like you get sidelined or derailed. And it can be really discouraging for somebody who is so driven, who's used to, if I do this, then this is the result I'm going to get. I just have to follow this process. And this is the first time oftentimes that, you know, our world gets rocked where it's like, actually it's, there's no guaranteed process. This is not linear. And motherhood is filled with a lot of different variables that interrupt our expectations, interrupt our experience of what we think we want versus our reality. So instead of thinking of, you know, our, our experience as an athlete and a mom as being like, we have all this control, like it can't be rigid. It has to be fluid, both as a mom and as an athlete has to be fluid. Yet for an athlete brain, having this adaptable and fluid approach, that is really hard, even though we we know better. Like we know that that is the answer. We know that the best athletes are the most adaptable ones. We know that you cannot have a rigid game plan for everything that does not work. Like there are game time decisions and adjustments for a reason. Like we logically know that, but when it comes to how we show up in the world, it can be so hard to have to like shift where our energy goes, shift where our expectations go and lose control, like see your body change and then be wanting to control it. Right. And like, that's the thing that so many people battle during pregnancy is the desperation to want to control, but I don't want to gain too much weight. And I, um, I still want to keep doing this lift or this movement or this sport or whatever. And like, we're not wanting to give up yet another thing because so many other things we feel like we're taking losses on loss of identity, loss of ability, loss of our body just so much loss that it almost like triggers this overcompensation for wanting to control more. And this is why I talk about like athlete brain being the thing that makes you a great athlete. And it's also the thing that will break you as an athlete. It can be so depressing. It can create a lot of anxiety and it can honestly like trigger a lot of disordered eating and exercise behavior. If we're going to be really honest, and this is something I can certainly speak to. And it's something that I see all the time from like otherwise like really healthy people it's just it can be a really significant trigger because so many aspects of our life become out of our control and now we throw in postpartum and depending on how birth went like that's another example and experience that there's not a whole lot of control over like how long labor was was there tearing was it a vaginal birth was it a c-section was it an emergency c-section was it a planned one <laughs> excuse me whatever it might be that's a truly a game time like adjustment that we're experiencing. I'm like, oh, we don't really know until we know. And then once we know, we're just in it. And now we're on the other side of postpartum trying to recover from whatever kind of experience we had. Again, we did as much as we could to control the variables we could during pregnancy, delivery, 
and the immediate times postpartum, like we don't always know what that's going to be like. And so now we're faced with a new thing to have to navigate. And again, athlete brains are people that are like, okay, well, what's my game plan? Like, what do I do? This was my birth. And this is what I want to do again. This is what I expect my life to look like. This is what I need my life and my routine to look like. Okay. So like, what do I do? And the hardest part for our really driven athlete brain motivated humans is saying a lot of it is a hurry up and wait. A lot of it is less is more. A lot of it is quality over quantity right now. Um, It is a slow burn. It is a long game. It is giving yourself like so much grace to adapt to the new life that you have, not just your baby new life, but the entirety of your new life. And this is not a season to wish away. This is not a season to uh, put your head down or just work hard through. Like this is a season that like really requires acclimation. Cause I promise you, like I am 10 years and six years postpartum. And I can't even believe I'm saying that. Like it's, it's, wild. And like, I don't feel like I've taken losses and trust me, I freaking have, like, I've taken so many losses when it comes to like absolutely derailed seasons, feeling like I just got punched in the face over and over and over weeks and months of time off, not having my life and my body to myself or go my way, not having freedom for so long. And yet there is another side. And it is waiting for you and you find it and you redefine it. And what it looks like is beautiful because you appreciate it so much freaking more. It's not over, even if it's different. And you will realize that this version of the athlete you're becoming is so good. You will find it. And frankly, you're not going to find it right away. You won't find it right away. And that's the hard thing because we want to like have this enlightened experience, but you got to get in reps of who you're becoming as a mom, who you're becoming as an athlete during these early seasons of motherhood. And then you add in another baby or another baby. Like (laughs) it's hard because you are in this season for a while. And it's not to say that you cannot be a great athlete and achieve so much awesome stuff in the early years of motherhood. You absolutely can. I feel like I've done it. I've seen it. um, I've coached it over and over and over. And the athletes that give themselves the most grace for the most, like for the longest period of time, end up having an overall better recovery. And most importantly, as it relates to athlete brain, is they develop this sense of athletic maturity in their approach to their training. It improves their experiences as an athlete dramatically because they have this newfound appreciation and perspective on their body, on their training, on their behavior around food and uh, nutrition, what they want their kids to see or not see. Um, They're just like, it's an opportunity to kind of get put in the check. All of our bullshit that maybe we were able to get away with for a long period of time, it really gets put in check when you become a mom. And it's not to say that we have this totally figured out and we're just this totally evolved, athletically mature person. No, you're going to still have your bullshit. Um, trust me, I face it. I face it every single day. Jiu-Jitsu's brought out a whole level of like athlete brain bullshit with me that I have to just like, I recognize it. It's like your level of self-awareness increases so freaking much. It just increases so much and you can see it and you can recognize that you are not who you were prior. And it's such motherhood is such a catalyst for becoming a great athlete because of that, because you can have this increased level of self-awareness, adjust how you train adjust how you feel about your body, how you treat your body, 
um, your expectations around performance, around aesthetics, all of these things. And again, this is not an epiphany that happens right away. This is the evolution of what your life is like as an athlete mom, as a mom who's pursuing this lifetime of athleticism. You are not supposed to be who you were at 20. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to be as good or better than you were at 20. And it certainly means that you're going to be different than you were at 20 or 25 or 30, whatever it might be. That's if we are lucky, if we are blessed enough to live a long life, we are going to be so grateful for the opportunity to live as high of a quality of life as we possibly can, knowing that our body is, it will absolutely change. It's supposed to change. What we look like now, maybe in our 30s, is not what we're going to physically look like in our 60s. And that's not to say that we won't you know, be healthy and looking great in our 60s, but it's certainly just going to be different. Our perspective changes, our gratitude changes, our expectations have to change and make, find like acceptance and also like just really embrace and be grateful for the opportunities that we do have throughout all of these evolving seasons. And that can be really hard. And that's why like talking about our athlete brain, how, you know, what, what these triggers are, what these factors are that contribute to our overall experience, being able to have the self-awareness and lean more into the athletic maturity side of it, where we can kind of zoom out to make choices that really support the season of life that we're in, our training approach, um, our relationship with our body, our relationship with our food and behavior attached to that. It forces you to open your eyes. And I know I kept mine closed. I didn't want to deal with any of that shit. I, especially after I had Cade, my first son, it was like, I just want to get back to myself. I want to get back to my training. I want to get back. I, I want to get my body feeling like myself again. And I know what to do to do that. And yet it was so freaking self-sabotaging. It was absolutely self-sabotaging. And I feel like I lost his first year-ish of life because I was also stressed coaching collegiate athletics. And like, I just was not healthy. I was not healthy. And the pursuit of trying to be healthy, this healthy version of myself again, I was just spiraling and sad. And I I hate that I just made that such a priority that I didn't give myself grace to adapt to like this new baby that I brought into the world because I was just like mentally preoccupied. And it's not that I didn't love him or care. I cared so much, but it was just so hard. I feel like I got hit over the head. Like I couldn't adapt to this baby who was being like needed me so much. Like he just needed me constantly. Didn't sleep, cried a lot. Like everything just felt so hard. And I felt like I didn't have a lot of support and everything was so glamorized about motherhood. And I was like, I feel like I'm absolutely drowning. And so again, we have like this equal and opposite reaction of like, okay, but this is what I can't control. I know how to train hard. I know how to eat. I know what I need to do. If I just do these things and focus on like this behavior and lifestyle I had prior, well, then that's going to make me feel better. And that just doesn't work. You have to adapt to the current lifestyle and season that you have. That's what it is. And our babies, like they force that on us if we are willing to open our eyes to it. If we're willing to set our own bullshit aside and say like, I can be a great mom and figure out this new version of myself. And I can be a great athlete. I still have that. That is still part of me. She is not dead. That girl is still here. She still matters. Her, like, you are not washed up. It is not over. Like, I can't tell you that enough. Like, 
even if your body has changed, even if shit went wrong, like it is your time as an athlete is not over. In fact, there's some good stuff ahead of you that you just, you're going to figure out, you're going to see, and you're going to feel so grateful for it because you know what it's like to really not have your body and your life and your routine be totally yours. And you're going to get to that other side. You're going to be like, oh my God, we did it. And I love that I was so resourceful with my nap time workouts or my working and then like getting to the gym a couple of days a week, or I'm so grateful that I did sign up for that race when my, after I was able to rehab my pelvic floor, because now I have such increased body awareness. Like I really understand my body and that's kind of really helped me out the older I get in the perimenopause or menopause or whatever it might be. Like there's so many examples of like what we learn, our efficiency, our body awareness, like our own levels of self-awareness um, especially like our, the mental and emotional side of it that will continually serve us throughout all seasons of bullshit that are to come, right? We can't avoid seasons where we get a little bit derailed. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, I didn't work out, you know, through the holidays or whatever. I'm talking about like life just kind of coming and kicking your ass. When you get in a season where your life and your training isn't what it used to be, like you're going to know how to like reintegrate and navigate that because you've had these reps through pregnancy, through postpartum, when there were things that were not in your control, you learned how to make do, you learned how to do what you could, how to make progress, how to readjust your expectations and the pressure you put on yourselves or the pressure that you allow others to put on you. Like you learn, like you get confidence in these reps and you learn to stand up for what you actually need. And sometimes it's just standing up to your own self and that own loud voice in your head. Um, it's going to be beautiful. It is beautiful on the other side. And you don't have to feel like, oh, well, I'm just going to be so much older then. Because I'm telling you, like, I, it's just wild when you have, if when you have created a foundation of athleticism in your teens, in your 20s, and now you're maybe in your 30s, like, and then maybe you're in your 40s and perimenopause and 50s and menopause, like the foundation you create now. The foundation that you've created prior will continually serve you as your life and your body experiences change, as your body and your life experiences differences or seasons where you just get a little bit derailed. Like, you know, for, for me, that's been after different surgeries, after like the recovery from that, having to take time off. It's been, you know, moving or just like having like a lot of like life happen that just really threw me. And I had to like really reassess, like there's just seasons of different sicknesses, injuries, like just life happening. I don't have to list these things out for you. Y'all are navigating your own stuff and you can see how like exercise, yes, supports you, your training, your, your mindset of being really determined and overachieving is going to serve you. And it, also can be self-sabotaging when it's not channeled in the right way, when it's too much, when it's too rigid, when you become miserable, when it's actually not healthy, when you're missing out on the things that actually matter, which is learning how to be a mom, right? Especially during these seasons of pregnancy and postpartum, just appreciating the season that you're in. And that's not to say you have to love it. Like, God, I am so glad that I don't have a little baby right now. It is so draining. Like, it's so draining. And it's not to say that like suddenly you get so much more time, but you get doses of freedom. The older they get, you just get a little bit heavier doses of freedom. And yes, it's still absolutely chaos. And yes, your time just looks 
different. How it is spent different. The hours of your day are different. Um, but frankly, the hours of your night are different too. Like you're not, hopefully not up <laughs> all night anymore um, or as frequently, but you know, you're just always, the second you become a mom is the second that it's no longer just about you and you can still be a priority. You are not washed up. Your goals still matter. Your life still matters. You knowing who you are as a human, like that matters. That is important for your babies to grow up seeing. It's easy to get lost in motherhood. And so many people do. And honestly, those are the people that oftentimes tend to like go full send into the Kool-Aid of running, of CrossFit, of jujitsu, of like what literally whatever it could be. But create that foundation and know that there has there's a checks and balances of like being really driven, being really overachieving, being a high performance human. And giving yourself a lot of grace and adaptability to navigate that without it being self-sabotaging, without it taking away from your health and your happiness um, and just complementing the rest of your life, what you ultimately want. And sometimes you have to check yourself on that. Like, is this a healthy way of thinking or do I actually know better? And this is like a really weird um, like brain exercise that I do. God, I'm like, why am I even sharing this on a podcast? Okay, but this this is what I do. Whenever I can feel like toxic Brie coming out, that's what I call her. And I it does. She comes out. She comes out more than I'd like to admit because I love to think that, you know, I have more enlightenment than I actually do, but I don't. So when like the toxic thoughts and brain and behavior patterns come out, I like to imagine myself as an older, more mature version of myself. Like I like literally picture her and be like, what would she tell me to do right now? Like she knows better. She is my guiding like source. And, you know, like some people might use God as their example or the universe. And those things are absolutely fine. I I like, it feels more personal when it's like the more mature version of yourself. And so for me, that's what I like to work off of is like, what would 50 year old Brie be telling me right now about this, about this season, about this choice, about this, um, about this thought process, like what would the more mature, enlightened version of me do in this moment, like moment to moment. And that has been a good way to like check myself when I can create excuses or I can create barriers or I can, you know, just again, just like kind of like be toxic in my behavior or my reactions or whatever it might be, especially as it relates to like my body, my performance, my competitiveness, all of this, like what would the more enlightened, mature version of myself tell me to do right now? How would she approach this? Not this version, not this like sassy, like, you know, competitive driven, like overachieving, just caught up in the moment version of me do. No, what would like the more mature, enlightened version of me do? And sometimes that's like, yeah, turn on that athlete brain. And other times it's like, pick your battles, woman, you know, <laughs> like, is this worth it? Is this actually what you want? Is this how you want to feel? And like, it's just a good checks and balances. And I know that it sounds ridiculous, but it works for me. It works because I know that's like, ultimately what I want is like, we have to be our own coach. No one's coming to save us. No one's coming to like, to, we know ourselves more than anyone else will know us. Like we know the deep, dark thoughts, the motivations, the fears, the anxieties, the like all of the things that influence our actions, our behavior. And we can see how like aspects of that have been trained into us through sport and through fitness. 
And we can also see how then it also seeps into how we show up as parents, how we show up in work, how we show up in business, how we show up in other like recreational activities in our, in our relationships, um, romantic or just otherwise, like we can see how that personality trait seeps into everything. So how can we improve it? How can we have more self-awareness around it? Because we're going to be changing. We're going to be evolving anyway. And, you know, something I say a lot is like, this is, these are catalyst seasons. We can, it's an opportunity to take this different experience and say like, who am I becoming? Who do I want to become? How do I want to approach this? Um, And how am I going to do it in a healthier way than maybe what I would have done prior or what I, um, what I really maybe want to do now, but I know it's actually not going to like help me or support me. It's kind of having those can I versus should I conversations with ourselves. It's the um, just ability to like zoom out first to then make a zoomed in, in the moment choice. And that is, this is an imperfect um, process. Like it's just an absolutely imperfect process, but it is one that I see work very well for athletes. And that's why I think you actually become a better athlete when you come, when you become a mom and it's not for, you know, reasons attached to VO2 max or whatever physiological variables may change. Um, I think it's just our athletic maturity and our approach to our training, our approach to our body, our approach to our lifestyle is what ultimately drives becoming a better athlete as a mother. And it's all starts with really understanding the psychology of what motivates you, what gives, what <laughs> creates fear and anxiety and, and how do we create a more harmonious place for our brain to live because we know it affects every aspect of how we show up as high-performing humans. So that is my sermon for today. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope this resonated. And if it did, honestly, I would love it if you could leave a review on this podcast. It helps other people find these unique conversations and perspectives. And, you know, this is not just, it's not just for athletes. It's for coaches. It's for practitioners. It's for any single person who is for who's pursuing fitness, athleticism, um, all of it. Like this is for everybody. I want mothers to hear it. I want parents to hear it. I just, I want, I want this info to get out there because we are not alone. We are all so much more similar than, um, you could ever, ever truly imagine. So thank you for sharing this. Thank you for reviewing. If you need support through these seasons, um, check out my fitness programs for pregnant and postpartum athletes. And if you want to become a coach who can really help support and facilitate these conversations with the athletes that you work with. I'd love to have you become a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach at enrollment is always open. That certification is self-paced and you have lifetime access to it. That's really important to me. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week 
and have a lot of guidance for myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.